what's up welcome to the av club my guest today is a super interesting cat his name is campbell but when he's in the booth or in the studio he goes by prosecute don't call him anything else but prosecute uh, he's a dj he's a music artist he's an ex-music hip-hop manager uh he's done a lot of interesting things a lot of cool things that you wouldn't expect uh, such a young person to have done already in their life. Uh, he's got a lot left to go, a lot more ambitions, and it's really cool to see him dive into his story and just get passionate about music and all the things he's done, really, and uh, his perspective on those things now. And It was a great talk, great conversation, so hope you guys enjoy it. What's up, man? We've been neighbors for a couple, yeah. couple months now. We haven't really hung out much but dude i think it was like the first day we moved in or the second day you're like dude come in the house check yeah out my studio. no so um my girlfriend and i were actually really you know it's like that anxiety that you get when you move in somewhere you're like oh my neighbor's gonna be cool or yeah. is this gonna be like an issue or because like i hear y'all like working out and shit and yeah like we we want to play like music and I, I don't know um you always worry if you're gonna have like stifflers as yeah. fucking neighbors or not you know so um we were like, because we were probably in here for like a week before y'all got in here. Dang. Um, and we looking out our blinds and shit and trying to like, I don't know, yeah. just like stalk what see, was going yeah, on. See who's, see who's there, move in. And we saw, I think your realtor had brought their family over. So we were like, shit, it's going to be like a normal family. Like we're going <laughs> to have to like family. stay in between the lines. Right. Because my studio is on this side of the house. Yeah. So I was really worried about like the master bedroom or like just anything on this wall. Like fucking up because i got like a 10 inch sub in there and like yeah, massive speakers and like it's just the shit travels so anyways yeah i was really worried about it and then uh Normal i saw guys. you scumbags walk up yeah and i was like fuck yeah, yeah this is exactly dirty, what the I, dirty boys dude we have a. it's ben and then daniel are my roommates and then my name's aaron so we called the bad house it's the it's the dumbest stuff ever nice yeah we're the bad house dude the bad boys but <laughs> dude yeah it's cool we we were so pumped to realize that you guys were it was like the same anxiety we we're like who's gonna be our yeah freaking yeah, next yeah. but do you know who, the, who is next to you guys like uh they're like uh they're, they're it's a small like young family okay yeah it's nothing, nothing they, they have like a tiny kid like infant like a year old yeah if even so they're like young parents and they're they've been super chill i mean they haven't had any problems or that's good that's just been waves and waves yeah, a lot of waves in this yeah dude. a lot of hey how's it going yeah <laughs> our neighbor to our left i guess um i've seen him twice big dude with a big beard i don't think i've ever seen him dude he's i've only seen him like like twice and yeah. he stays in his house man wow i think for whatever I want to say Thanksgiving or something, Halloween. They set up a little chair outside and they were just parked out there to pass out candy. I might have seen that. Yeah, like that, yeah. Was, that was the only glimpse of them that I saw. Um, there's a there's a couple other people that I like went to high school with. Like, like I wasn't close with, but mm -hmm. I see them around here for whatever reason. So I think there's like a lot of like mid twenties kind of people in the neighborhood. Young adults. That, yeah, I just That's got cool. lucky with that shit. But yeah, yeah I mean, we, most importantly, like I said, same fucking wall. Yeah. Y'all are in this side. I was like, dude, all right, yeah. cool. These fools can just text me if it ever gets yeah, it, out of hand. Like Dude, we stay up late and so yeah. it's like it's not a big deal at all. Right. And I hear it and I'm like, oh I'd like I get pumped whenever I hear your music because I'm like, oh okay, he's in the lab. He's working. working. Yeah, yeah. It's cool, dude. Yeah. It's cool. It's like the That's creative it. like yeah. We know, we know. Yeah. We yeah. It. It's cool. Um I'm a heavy ass sleeper too, so I don't ever 
doesn't bother me. I've never heard a fucking thing while I've been asleep over there. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, except for fucking dogs barking and shit. Do you care if I hit this? No, go ahead, bro. All right. Yeah, I don't care. All right, bro. So you went to, you grew up around this area, didn't you? Yeah, I grew up in uh, Round Rock. Okay. Yeah. So, oh, man, I don't know the schools in Round Rock, Round Rock High School, I'm assuming. Is that what it's yeah, called? Yeah, I went to Round Rock. I was born in uh, Scottsdale, Arizona. Um, but my parents relocated with jobs and shit when I was like two. And mm-hmm. they're from here anyways. They had only moved out there for a job. So i uh, been here forever, like literally in this neck of the woods forever. Never left within like 10 miles of Round Rock. Yeah. We used to live on the east side by um, the Del Diamond and shit, by yeah. the railroad over there. When I was young, young, then we moved over here by uh, off of 3406 by like the... Um, Rudy's and shit. So I was there oh, for yeah. probably like teenage years. Yeah. Yeah. And then um went off to Texas Tech University. Dude, me too, man. <laughs> me too. I didn't know what the fuck I was doing though. Uh, I mean, dude, neither did I. I only went there because my brother went there. My, yeah. My brother and then like our close high school. I mean, I said our, but it's really his. Like his friend group went up there. So I was like, I don't know where else to go. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I might as well. It was just one of those things where I felt like. I didn't have like the balls to like tell myself that I didn't want to go to school. Yeah. Cause it was just, such, it was such an assumed, like it's such a big part of like your ego when you're like a junior in high school. Yeah. Like when you start to look for colleges and then you get to school and you're like, wow, I literally could have gone to like a school, like 20 minutes from my house. Right. Or not at all. Yeah. It's like, that was, that's one thing I always try to tell like, a lot of like old neighbors or friends or people who have kids that are like 15, 16, 17. I'm like, you can be all airheaded about where you want to go to school and like get all pumped up by that and like fraternities yeah. and whatever. But like, if you don't want to live somewhere for four plus years, like don't go there. Yeah. Like, that That's why I left tech. I mean, you can obviously speak on it. W- it was bigger than just Lubbock, but that was one of the mm. things where it was like a blind decision for me where I was like, yo, I don't know what I'm doing here. Yeah. I'm like at these, I'm, I was DJing at the time. So I'm doing these crazy frat shows. So like I'd play a party with like Chief Keef on a Saturday night. Right. And then the following weekend be playing with like these crazy scumbag raving locals that yeah. like grew up in Lubbock. And like I was just with some crazy crowds and wasn't interested in school at all. And was going for business because I wanted to make money, right? Right. That's like that's exactly that's what business is. That's exactly what I went for. Um. So yeah, I don't know. I just I called my mom one day and I was like, "Yo, not for me." I am like really stressing out. Yeah. And this isn't cool. You seem like a guy that doesn't stress out too. Yeah, I mean, well, I just I, it was a comp a combination of just like the people, because like. I didn't rush. I was just DJing for all the frats. Mm-hmm. Like I was walking around rush week cause I knew a bunch of people from high school and shit that were right. Um, like ATOs and shit at tech at the time. And, um, you know, they're wearing like their whitewashed jeans and yeah. their vests and <laughs> yep. their cowboy hat. And like, that's sick, but boots. I had yeah. t- a tie dye shirt on and a fucking man bun. And I'm walking around. There was like some retro shoes on and they're just like, I don't doing? know. Yeah. I mean, it, they weren't like it's, dicks, but it was just like, I was walking around there and I was like, this isn't for me. Yeah. I can just DJ for these fools. It was yeah. really easy to sell myself to a fucking 
you know, frat dude. Right. Like throwing the parties and shit. I'm like, dude, yeah. I'm, you know, it's just, it was super simple. That's so. cool though. Cause it's like, that's a pretty big market. If you, if you even go for it. Yeah. Like, it's a lot of money. Yeah. So like I was kind of chilling in college, like paid for all my beer and shit. And like, um, on campus food, like I was, you, you were know, balling. Yeah. I was <laughs> eating like wings every day and shit. And you were like unlimited Chick-fil-A, yeah, baby, dude. bring it on. Yeah. Like that 1am shit. <laughs> and, uh, we had like all you can eat breakfast, uh, in our, in our halls and Hewlin. Okay. Um, in the mornings, but, but yeah, like, like I was saying, just my doormates ended up just being who I was like drinking beer with on the weekends. Mm. Cause I wasn't hanging out with the frat guys. Cause they were all rushing. Even the people on our floor that were in rush, they right. were busy they're out always, doing shit. You know, they got their suit and tie on and they're shit sitting or whatever. At the, they're sitting at the games. Yeah. Preserving seats for people. <laughs> exactly. So that's crazy, dude. It was, uh, did, did you rush? Were you no, in fraternity? I was in a, so I knew I didn't want to rush a fraternity and I, I wanted to join something cause I didn't like have any friends my first year. I just hung out with my brother and them and, they're like, they're cool, but like they didn't do anything. Where so. did you stay at the first year? I stayed, so I went, I went to JUCO my first year. Oh, gotcha. So I went technically my sophomore year and I was able to, I sent in like a form that said I needed to stay with my brother. And so I got Sick. to live with my brother off campus. Yeah. yeah. So we stayed in the the Grove apartments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh, Those weren't the best ones. Grungy, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they were cool though. I mean, dude, I think my brother, oh my, dude, this pissed me off. My brother and our roommate at the time, Ryan, they were like looking for apartments because this was like their junior year or their senior year. And so I was like, you guys find it. I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah, so yeah. do it. And I can't help at all. Exactly. And so I was like looking forward to going somewhere cool. And it was cool living on my own with those guys. But they signed up for the Grove because they got a free $100 gift card. And bro, it was like double the price of some of the other ones. And I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. I have no money. Why are we paying double Dude, the price? We are, we were in a four bedroom my sophomore year for like 450 bucks. Dude, it's so cheap. A month. Yeah. So like, I mean, I, my, I was fortunate enough. My parents were paying Helping for you, yeah. rent and, um, like the everything school related and like living wise was on them. But yeah. like day-to-day shit was all on me yeah. with DJing and shit because they knew I was making like a good that's cool solid though. amount of change yeah. um but yeah so it was just doormates and wasn't really vibing with them even though we were cool and right like, just kind of like had to make friends yeah because it was like I gotta be around all these people anyways uh, I went to school with my best friend um Chris and I've known him since I was like seven. Yeah. So he, we went to school together. That's so that cool. really helped. Cause I had like somebody I'd grown up with right. to go experience all this wild shit with me. Um, but yeah, long story short, just fucking called my mom. I was like, yeah. What year was that? Sophomore or junior? It was sophomore. So it was probably, it was towards the end of the first semester of my sophomore year. So okay. I did, I didn't do three full semesters. Okay. And I probably had like, not even half a year of fucking credits yeah you know, like just <laughs> shitting stuff away and yeah it's so easy to do that it's like i don't i didn't want to go to school and yeah i think the only reason i did so well my first couple of years is because i didn't have any friends but then i joined like i saw i don't know how i heard about it but there's a, a business fraternity um yeah, yeah, yeah so i joined that and it was they tried to make it as much as a fraternity as they could right. without like the money or like it was it was co-ed it, it was like i mean i'm glad i did it it, it got me some some friends but it's just uh, like a club 
yeah like glorified like club on steroids yeah but it was like it was pretty big they had like organ they had these same like fraternities in like almost every state almost every university i know they had like engineering frats and shit yeah like there's it was like like specialized stuff where it's just like everybody's in the same major yeah it was similar majors and they can kind of just network and shit yeah it was cool the coolest thing about that um we took a couple trips like we went to rio dosa every year uh i mean we didn't get to ski we just went (laughs) <laughs> and kind of went to like a cabin and just chilled but right and then i got to go to chicago my senior year junior year Sick. so that was cool but yeah. other than that it was like that's like all i did i i just went to school went to the gym did that yeah and just that, kinda that was to yourself. It. yeah yeah that's the way to do it though because i was kind of at the peak of being like a piece of shit when i was in mm-hmm. college so like like i don't smoke weed anymore but i was just there wasn't a second other day where I wasn't right. stoned in college, and uh, every week, you know, Thursday through Sunday, I was getting shit faced, and right. just like I was like I was out of high school. Yeah, you know what I mean, I was like I was living college, on my own for the yep. first time. I was like I don't give a fuck. Like you want the college? None of this experience. shit matters. Like that's just the airheaded like brain that I have. Yeah, especially being that young, where I was like, you know, nothing matters. Mm-hmm. Fuck it, I don't care. I'm just right, having a dude. good time. And like, it's so easy to do that. It's like yeah. It's fun. Like you have no rules. Like literally you have no rules. Yeah, I just felt like a kid in the candy store, and especially yeah. with the DJ and shit. Like it only catered more to the The ego. The yeah, the ego and exactly. It just fueled all that shit where yeah. you know, it made it easier to meet girls, it made it easier to get my hands on booze. You know, I was eighteen, nineteen, like yeah. I was able to get into all the clubs or majority of the ones that I had DJed at before. Right. So I was all with all these older people and just, I don't know, it just kind of like swallowed me up. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, just a culmination of that. And then like having to wake up on Monday morning for 8 a.m. and being like, yo. Dude, are so hard. I can't Dude, sit in this classroom right now. Isn't it, isn't it crazy that it's harder to wake up for an 8 a.m. back then, but like sometimes we get up to get a workout in in the morning or like yeah. y- you work super early, right? Yeah, yeah. So, um I work at fucking H-E-B. Yeah. For everyone who doesn't know. <laughs> no, it's good, bro. And uh, I deliver pizzas on the weekend, so. Dude, I didn't know you did that. That's yeah. sick. Yeah. Um, I've worked at Pizza Hut like five times now. Yeah. Because it's so sick. <laughs> it's like, you'll make like, I mean, you come home with like 150 bucks in like five hours. Dang. Four or five hours of just, and you're just in your car. All I do is listen to shit like this. Listen to Joe Rogan, fucking and that's it's like the least effort ever because you're just yeah in your car right. driving and it's it's like over by my old neighborhood so it's like I you know, know it yeah it's like no stress whatsoever uh my manager over there is like he's like in his mid-50s he's like this total stoner like yeah. just doesn't give a shit like <laughs> his, his whole being is just running this pizza hut and being Jeez. able to like buy beer in the that's weekends wild. and shit so like I can just tell him what's up, like if I can't make it one night or whatever. Like it's just no stress involved with pizza. That's, that's so that's, cool. That's why I always end up back there. But um, that's dude. That's what I'm looking. I'm like, copying this freelance stuff and working like yeah, yeah. Some sort of either you know if I want to take the corporate route or get just a job like a day job right. like, and it's so tough because it's like I don't want to work a corporate job because I don't want to take work home. I don't want to have to like. Cause like even you at HEB, you you have set hours, right? But you know at least a week in advance, and it's like you you can schedule your whatever producing time, right, DJing yeah. time around that. It's like nine to five. You're like, it's like so repetitive and so. so like, yeah, the I can kind of touch on that because um, 
I used to sell houses. So really, when I got out of college, um, my parents have always been in real estate. Um, okay. My dad sells new homes. So literally like the houses that we're in right now, mm-hmm. the people who sold these to the investors that own these houses, like that's what my dad does. He hangs out in the fucking model home all day and just <laughs> yeah. shows people houses and has been in it for like 20 some years. Dang. My mom's an escrow officer. So she like does people's closings and shit yeah. when they buy their houses. But, um, yeah, my dad was, I mean, my dad didn't go to college. He was like a fucking like metalhead in the eighties. Like he's very much like not your typical, like real estate agent. Yeah. Like white collar guy at all. Like, he yeah. parties my parents are fucking awesome like they're just like <laughs> super supportive and they've always been like super laid back and like real people yeah with me and my sister and that's um, cool that's cool he's yeah like- it's just crazy because he seeing him at home and knowing like he just drinks beer and hangs out you know parties on the weekends even though he has to work on the weekends yeah like not to air out my dad or anything he's a great worker <laughs> but um no, the point is I just, I saw like opportunity in that, that if you're good with your words and you can talk to people and you have an ability to pick shit up quickly, then real estate's not a bad, sorry, right. I got hiccups. No, you're good. You're good. Real estate's not a bad like option because it is what you make it. Yeah. Um, They train you. You don't need a college degree. Um, It's like the same shit with every builder. It's just a different. Just different person. set of things you have to learn yeah but like the foundation of what you're doing is still the exact same so um i got out of college and i was like yo i don't want to be a piece of shit and just get an hourly job right off the bat it was also like an ego thing it was like yeah it was a big deal for me to leave school knowing that i was gonna have a degree you know, everybody that i went to high school with staying and finishing right. even though i knew at the time it wasn't right for me just like knowing that I had to like fulfill that like gap in my ego at the time. Yeah. Just being like, dude, yeah, it's tough. I can't just go work at fucking Chipotle after mm-hmm. this. Like I got to challenge myself try. and at least like try to pull myself out of this. And I was going through, um, some crazy shit with my girlfriend at the time, which isn't who I'm with now, but, oh, that's good. um, <laughs> it was just a fucked up time. I'd left school, yeah. uh, going through a breakup. I had been with her since I was like 14, 15. Dang. So it was just like, it was like, yo, I'm gonna get into real estate. I'm gonna fucking make some money. Yeah. I'm gonna put on this goddamn college shirt <laughs> and these slacks every day. And I'm gonna do my thing. And and I did it. And um Yeah, I thought that was what I, I thought I was gonna do that like Forever? Yeah. I mean it, it was it's sick. I mean, I was making crazy money, I was buying stupid shit and um I was living with some guys just kind of like how y'all are right now. Yeah. I had three other homies of mine that we were renting a house and paying like, you know, nothing for rent and um, just had just a ton living. of money to put away and just felt great. And um, yeah, I just put all the music shit on the back burner and I was like, yo, this is like what I need to do. I still wanted to DJ. I still like loved going to shows and shit, but. Um, you thought it was like, okay, I'm supposed to go to college. Since I'm not doing that, I'm going to work and be a man i guess you could say yeah i needed to like fill that void somehow yeah of like i can't just immediately shit this away yeah and like just i don't want to be one of those guys that just works at like your manager yeah Yeah. it's cool but it's like you know when you're 19 that's like the last thing in the world that you want to like 
no i agree be down with you know what i mean yeah and even like think about even going into college you're like okay i might not know what i want to do exactly but i'll get a business degree and i'll be you know i'll do something with the business right. degree that's like your mindset it's not like only a few people if they're lucky is like you know what i'm going to pursue what i love to do I'm right doing out of this high school. exact thing yeah following this exact path exactly so it's like it's just tough it's still kind of like it's for most people it's still like just a crapshoot until you get mm. out and like start tasting shit and being able to like really figure out yeah you know where the fuck you want to take things um yeah no totally so it, it's a crazy it's kind of just a roller coaster of fucking trying to figure this shit out and yeah um i got back to uh music i my like i said i was making great money was kind of putting on this face every day this corporate face like right circling way back to what you're saying about the corporate like nine to five shit which is why i brought all this up is like i thought that was the wave for me like i felt like a hustler i was 19 in the office with like you know 30 man. 35 year old 40 yeah. year olds like people that have been doing this for 30 years like and i was doing the same shit they were yeah and um yeah, it was just a trip and um, it was great to experience because I think it taught me that a lot of that corporate type, like by the book shit, like it's not as scary as you think it is. Mm -hmm. Like there's a lot of not so smart people that do yeah. that shit and make like a lot of fucking money. Yeah. So it kind of like opened your eyes. Yeah, it just took, it was a nice breath of fresh air to yeah. kind of like existentially look at everything and be like, yo. I'm not missing something that these people have. Yeah. Um, and at any time I can, you know, play my cards with that shit. It might not always be my favorite thing to do at the time, but in order to just make it work, you know, if I'm ever in a rough spot now that I know I can handle it, you know? So yeah. it's like, yeah, you got that experience and you're like, okay, I know this isn't for me now. Right. Yeah. Um, that's crazy, dude. I've had a similar experience. Me and actually Daniel too. We really? we both we came here from Marble Falls. We were uh, working at this marketing firm, mm -hmm. a small scale marketing firm. Um, and just like the day to day, it's a little different, you know. Like we we did get to experience a lot of that stuff. A lot of it was in the office. Uh, I did primarily real estate photography, so I was still using my camera. Right. But it wasn't like anything creative. Uh, right, right. It's very like cookie cutter, dude. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's same shit every house. Same, exactly the yeah. same stuff. And so, you know, things kind of changed there. And then we'd go home at like it was just us. Because have you ever been to Marble Falls? Yeah, yeah. It's boring. Yeah, it's like it's literally like the town I came from. It's called Granberry. It's like everything closes at eight or nine. Yeah, I had a I had a girl that I was dating in college. I was from there. Okay, so, so you I, visited. I heard of it, and at least yeah. just knew that it was. Yeah. Small town, Texas kind of. Yeah. Small vibes. town like, on a lake. So it was kind of cool in the summer. And then like. There's some people with money there. Money. And like, yeah. Yeah. But like we would go home after work and like we'd get a workout in and then it'd be like, okay, like now what? Yeah. Drive to Austin, drive an hour away. <laughs> right. And then drive an hour back. So it was just, you know, we kind of had to take that leap and it was well worth it, I think. Like, right. Yeah. So it was, it was cool. Just similar experience. So. Yeah. No, I mean, it's just. It's cool, and, and like you said, y'all went through it too, but it's just cool to like realize, like I said, that you can be young and not know what the fuck you're doing mm. and still meander through that environment of yeah. people that are, you know, driving BMWs and paying their fucking mortgage, and you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, it's just cool to at least know that that shit's like not way up here on the ladder. Like, you just, yeah. 
Yeah, I agree. If you just commit to trying to do something like that, like yeah. you'll get there it, yeah, literally pretty fucking anything. quickly. It's yeah. pretty crazy. It doesn't matter what it is. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I was sitting... I have so much crazy shit to talk about during that period because I was like... I had a bunch of extra money. Like I said, my rent was really low, so I was making good money with um, the house shit and... Um, I still wanted to do something with music. Yeah. And there's a lot of free time when you sit in the model home, like right. during the week and shit. So I was always like up to something while I was at work. Cause I didn't have anything else to do. You know, you go and open up all the houses and you just basically fucking wait for people. You call leads here and there, but there's like a good, like five hours a day where you're just twiddling your thumbs if you don't have customers in there. So, um, I had a bunch of homies from high school that were like really deep into the hip hop scene here. Um, producers and engineers and shit. Um, my boy Mason Flint and um, his whole crew that they run a couple rooms at um, music lab, which unfortunately is about to close, but it's been a, it's been a big like staple here for recording. It's a big ass like warehouse with like probably a couple, maybe a hundred rooms yeah. that people rent out and shit. Um, so I was really like well integrated with them and just had like kind of an extended network of people that were already doing some cool shit with music in Austin. And uh, so I'd be in there in my fucking college shirt and I'd be on the phone with these fools like, yo, you know, I got this amount of money. Yeah. What can I do with it? You know, I want to help you guys out. I started trying to play like a manager role where like, cause we had a lot of guys that were doing really cool shit um, at the time and I just felt like, you know, me being 1920, selling these houses, making this money, I felt on top of the world. And I was like, yo, like I can run everybody's shit. Let me send emails for y'all. Let me mm. handle the back end of all this shit. Um, so I wanted to put money into their shit. And we started throwing these little like parties and shows that I would throw a little money into and did a few of those. So I'd be on the fucking phone all day, like talking about booking like, yeah key and flying people out from atlanta like while i'm sitting there like waiting for some family of four to walk in and tell me they want to buy the fucking house across the street so it was a crazy time of me still trying to like be myself and try to do some shit that i was interested in Mm -hmm. and play my cards that i was making at the time but um yeah so that was just a crazy crazy time that's crazy you were like you were like essentially like a promoter you're like hey yeah for hip hop, which fucking blows. You don't like hip hop? No, not hip hop. Like the industry promoting hip hop okay. fucking sucks. Yeah, like, it's like you want to talk about ego, like oh. the hip hop world. Like it's just inflated on a fucking million when you're dealing with managers of rappers and especially like that mid tier of artists that are like they've done some cool shit. Yeah, and like they've been here and there like three four years ago. And their management's like really trying to keep them relevant. So they're still playing like that industry card. Yeah. But they're also not going to sell tickets. So it's like this weird thing where you have to explain to people like. Usually there's not a a lot of like bartering in that sense, but Mm. it's just a lot of dealing with that where it's like they might have done X, Y, and Z five years ago. They've been riding off of club money from that ever since. And that was all I could afford at the time for booking people. So, um, we did like key and, uh, Reese LaFlair, um, 
and uh diego money uh we did a bunch of local shit but yeah it was like guys the old book for like two three thousand dollars like nothing crazy at all because right. most of your like big big um artists right now are like easily 10 15 plus 20 plus yeah for one for yeah one night. for one night yeah. yeah and it's like a lot like the stars have to fucking align for that to work out for you and even the shows that i did throw i, I pretty much lost all my money yeah but i was just so invested in like committed in into it that i was like didn't care i just want to ride this shit out yeah yeah like it was a it was a great fucking night like that was all i cared about was like i looked around and i was like not to be a fucking not to sound like a dick but like this shit happened because of me yeah and the people that were around me that enabled me and and put me in this position to be able to make something like this happen so that was the coolest part is like Almost like the satisfaction of like seeing it come to fruition. Yeah, a hundred percent. And like after you're just fucking stressing about it for three months. Yeah. And there's just so many things that go into it. And like I have the utmost respect for promoters and people who make their living off of that shit because that's a crazy world. And um, it seems like it. There's a million moving parts, and and um, you know, it's just it takes so much out of you trying to put that shit together. Yeah. And when you get to the point where it's like home run level of, of just being successful with it, like um, big ups to all them because that's it takes a lot. It's impressive. Yeah, yeah so, that's cool, man. Yeah, I know nothing about that. Yeah, I know nothing about it. I do. So like, I'm really big into comedy, and so I know a little bit about that. Yeah, so yeah. it's a little similar, but it's like the music world is just totally different. Yeah, it's just comedy. I feel like like I'm a huge comedy fan too, but I feel like it's a little bit more cut and dry with like who sells tickets and who doesn't. Yeah. You know what I mean? And Mm -hmm. like, um, I pretty much owe all of my like quote unquote knowledge of comedy to fucking Rogan and all those fools. Yeah. Just how much they talk about it. And, um, there's a lot of like similarities, um, between like the ladder that they have to climb as, young comedians right and moving up into selling out arenas eventually like there's a lot of like you know um connections you can draw between the two industries path and and the music path um yeah that's crazy i got to experience that firsthand like the past three weeks um i contacted this dude on instagram who has a network it's called big laugh comedy um they're based out of austin and they put on shows every week i guess uh, and you know depending on the week it's bigger comedians or locals or whatever so i hit him up i was like hey i do like photos and videos so just hit me up i sent him my website and yeah, yeah. a couple it was either a couple weeks or a couple months later he hit me up he's like hey we want you to do a promo for us so of course i jumped on it I yeah, was, yeah i was like yeah for sure and it was on sixth street at uh the vulcan gas company yeah that's where we threw that that show i was just talking about yeah 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 dude it's it was it's kind of a dirty venue but it's dope i like yeah it. I, I play there a million times i mean it's i say i love comedy but i've never been to a comedy show yeah um That's, just because i didn't get into it until the last like two three years right and it's like oh it's, it's always been that type of deal where it's like you know 80 100 dollars to go see somebody at yeah acl live and it's like yeah. a limited amount of tickets and it's, you know what I mean? So right. I'm no, yeah, crazy sure. stoked that like Rogan's here now and he's Dude, yeah. trying to move the whole like comedy Mecca to it, Austin. I just feel like we're so lucky cause there's going to be so much like, um, 
just cool shit that comes out of that. So much is coming. So much live entertainment. Yeah. With that, like other people are going to be like, okay, that's it's hot over there. So let's let's hit it. So right, yeah. It's like a it's a really good time to be a young adult in Austin, and it's like 100. percent Even though COVID just happened, like the pandemic, but it's like it's going to bounce back for sure, just because of that little the I mean, JRE yeah. effect. Because, I mean, it's like how they talk about the store in LA. It's like that's where that's what Rogan wants to do here. You yeah. Know what I mean, like yeah that's that's what's crazy to me is like we're going to be able to see you know from on any given night of the week there's going to be some killer yeah performing downtown and, yeah and they're just working on material and they got to rep it out to be able to put their shit together and um i'm excited for that kind of shit where la has been having it for years where they can go pay 25 dollars and see you know joey diaz bill burr joe rogan dude all those be- crazy fuckers and I, I i like i said before it was so transactional with comedy here before like yeah. i'm sure there's a great like local comedy scene here that's been here for a minute mm. but i just never you know being like a mainstream comedy fan had right. never been aware of that here yeah. and never just took the opportunity to go out and try to see somebody right. but that's i think that's one of the good things about the pandemic too is that it's like you couldn't do all these things. And so you, now you're like, man, I should really do all these things yeah. now that I can't. Like right. once it comes back, I'll be, I'll definitely be, I'm going to, I'm going to make it a goal. I've made it a goal to try to hit up local shows, like for DJs, local artists, just artists, man, and just yeah, support just get and get involved. Exactly. Because it's not going to always be there. We've learned. And so that's one of my goals up and coming, especially comedy. Cause that's, you know, I love comedy, but um, it's, it's, it's cool to see that coming and cool to know it's gonna happen yeah and i mean there's there's a huge like obviously in comedy like the multimedia like side of it is yeah. huge specials and right um even just the like some of those some of the greatest like photos ever are like you know like dim lit like historic those dude. club shots you know yeah. just that fool just happened to be in the club and, right oh, i'm sorry no you're good you're see good. that set and um yeah i don't know i feel like that's like a great it's you know, you, it's just like music where it's like you just catch in moments, you know? Yeah, so. exactly. That's the thing, though, dude, is like my... So I, I have a passion for video and photos and stuff, but I have a greater passion for comedy. Like I, when I say I like comedy, I love comedy, like <laughs> I want to be a comedian really? or like I want to be involved in that world somehow, whether it's like writing or behind the scenes yeah, or yeah, like yeah. on the stage. That's and awesome, man. That's I like no this, this, this gig I took was like essentially my way of like, like a sneak peek just shaking a few hands yeah and yeah see what's up and so my my fear is that like i don't know if you ever had this fear or not whenever you were like working as a realtor but i don't want to be known as the manager i don't want to be known as the videographer in that in that music industry right. or, the, or the comedy industry i want to be known as like a comedian eventually you know and so that's like a little dilemma i'm having in my head i don't know if that's strange or similar to what you had yeah but no like, i mean just you feel like you're just gonna box yourself in if you get in yeah. too deep with some shit yeah um i mean i think any exposure you can get to people who are doing that shit the right way yeah doesn't matter what the fuck you're doing for them it's like at the store how they talk about in la like um all the people that work there are aspiring comedians right the you know door what guys. i mean like yeah. I, I could totally see that you know if you're really into that trajectory and you don't mind going to serve fucking tables at Rogan's Club. Right. You know what I mean? Like that. Just be in there. Like yeah. That, that's, that's it. Like it's just as long as you're around people who are 
doing shit the right way. Right. No, I agree. Then you're going to be able to soak some shit up from them 100%. and move. Cause there's no rules with that shit, but Not at I all. think, I think it's just something that, cause I had the same thing where I've always DJed mm-hmm. and playing a manager role was kind of weird. And, um, I enjoyed it cause I knew it like played to my strengths, mm-hmm. but at the same time I wanted to do more shit than that. Mm-hmm. But I didn't think about it at the time cause I was like, so caught up. This in is it. only helping me. You know what right. I mean? Like, yeah. Whatever the fuck I'm doing, even if you're serving drinks, you know, two years from now to some random fuckers at a comedy club, yeah. like just spending that four or five hours with whoever it is and just soaking up that energy. Yeah. Like that's what's going to, you're going to pick up little things every single night where you're like, okay, like that's how that works. And that's yeah, how this works. For and sure. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was cool, dude. It was cool being there. Like, I've been to a couple comedy shows, um, but it was cool because I, I kind of got to have that back backstage like VIP experience almost where I was like where I anywhere in the club I wanted to be. Right. I was able to be there because I had my camera, you know, press and, pass, baby. Yeah. Yeah. So I had I had that access, dude. And Joe, I don't know if you know this, but Joe wrote like it, I think he put on his Instagram or whatever, but him and Dave Chappelle had shows that same weekend. Yeah. I was, yeah, I was down there. And so I. The last night, dude, I tried to get out of there early because Ron White came and performed. So I got to see Ron White. That was that was dope. So I've had a bunch of homies that are like posting on their stories. This is the shit I'm talking about where it's like now that they're like committed to being here. And well, Ron White's been here for a while now. Right. But like I think Rogan was talking about like they, they pulled him out of his tequila yeah. fucking cave and his got him shell. back on stage again. And yeah. He's like flipping shit. And um Hinchcliffe and just like all those dudes they're gonna just pop out like yeah until that club is built like it's just a matter of like where you're at what night it is like they're gonna do whatever the fuck they want yeah wherever they pull up that bar knows that they're gonna make money yeah oh yeah so it's like there's no limits for them to just pull up somewhere and be like yo we're gonna yeah. do a couple sets here tonight so hell yeah i did we did i've been super jealous of that shit Dude, we did. I did interviews, and Daniel helped me out, and uh, it was just for the locals. So, like a bunch of local comics were getting interviewed by two local comics, and they would switch off. Um, were they funny? They were, yeah. Some of them are pretty funny. Really? And then before we got to watch the actual show, their, their interviews were all great. Like I say all, that like it's not possible. For yeah, them to be they're funny, all comics. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but before the actual show started, we had to get out of there because we had people coming over that night. But dude, Ron White and Tony Hinchcliffe showed up, and so like. I was kind of mad I missed it. But. I fucking love those dudes. Ron White's like one of the best to ever do it. Yeah, it was cool to see him in person, man. Yeah. It was like, it was wild. I have, that's the, that's literally the project I'm working on right now. I'm editing his, you know, a, a promo video for that network gotcha. with him. And then I didn't get Tony Hinchcliffe, but. That's fucking sick, It was man. cool. Brian Redband, he was in yeah, it. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. He, he just moved here too. I was listening to Yeah. Them. They put out a podcast yesterday or today. Isn't, isn't that crazy, dude? Like you think. I'm like, yeah, Red Band, yeah. Oh, yeah, Ron White, yeah, yeah they yeah, were here. Yeah. Like, it's like, it's almost like we know them, but like, yeah, yeah. that's the whole point. That's why I love this platform is because right. it's, people are going to know you after this. People are going to know me a little yeah. better after this. And it's, it's, so, just, it's, it's so weird. Like, I mean, um, they've all touched on it too, where it's like people, people who don't have the best head on their shoulders, like they'll take advantage of that. Like mm-hmm. they'll like walk up to someone and like try to crack a joke in a way where it's like, yeah. Yeah, we're not like I don't know who the fuck you are. We don't know each other. Yeah. But it's such a weird thing because like these people have listened to people talk about like the most personal shit for thousands of hours. You know what I mean? Literally. So it's like how do they not like fight off that urge to like 
dick around with somebody like they're your homie. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's such a weird like. Yeah. I know this person, <laughs> but I don't. But they don't know who the fuck I am. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So it's it's like, so strange. It's like, like we're having conversation right now. We're like, yeah, yeah, like we know these guys, but um, what was I gonna say? Like, so uh, every every now and then, my brother or my roommate Daniel will ask me a question about like. It's like, I wonder what Joe Rogan's like thinking about doing. And I'm like, oh, I already know. Like, I know what he's going to do. Like, yeah, I can we, tell you what he's doing. Next we talked about it last week. Next man. Wednesday, bro. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy, man. Yeah. It's cool. Uh, how did you, this is what I wanted to ask you. How did you even get into music and DJing, first of all? Because usually it starts with like a piano or like a guitar. Yeah. Like, um, I'd say like the first, um, my, I don't really have that much of a musical family, but. Mm-hmm. My parents love music. Like, I remember the first time I heard Usher, I was like five or six. Yeah. And like, you know, my parents had the fat ass book of CDs. And, <laughs> yeah. And um, I have this like fond ass memory of being like super young. And my dad went and took a shower and was like, you can listen to the CD, but don't listen to the, like this specific song. Right. On there. Cause it was like probably about sex or some shit and yeah. I, di- I didn't know i don't remember what song it was but it was some usher song that was like super explicit at the time and that was the first fucking one that i put on when he was in there yeah and i just remember just like i didn't know what to make of what i was hearing like my that's like one of my first memories in music and um from there it was just like i had a drum set when i was younger um I never really took it too seriously. And then when we moved um, to the house that I was in as a teenager, our neighbors, um, they had this like crazy fucking 20 something piece drum set, like fully wrapped around. Like the dad, um, he had played on the same drums when he was our age, when he was 18, 19, he played in bands in like the 60s, 70s and shit. So it was the same drum set and they just added on and added on. That's cool. And they had two sons who I looked up to because they were like 18, 19 when I was like eight or nine. Yeah. Um, And I would just go over there and just watch them jam and just be like, this is fucking crazy. Made him teach me some shit, just Mm -hmm. like rhythmically. I picked it up pretty fast, but again, like I didn't have my own drum set at that time, so I never like put hours and hours into it. I'd just be right. like, Hey, can I go play your drums? Right. <laughs> and like, would go over there and bang on them for a little while. But, um, I'd say it all changed when I went to my first show, electronic show for sure. Cause I, I'd been to like family, like festival concerts and like at the rodeo, you know, they have like right. Robert Earl Keen or somebody like that play. Um, so I'd been around live music before, but, this was the first time that me and my other 14 year old friends, you know, freshmen in high school, right. we go out to a fucking venue. We're like, Holy <laughs> shit. Like, this is crazy. Can I have a cigarette? Like, you know <laughs> what I mean? It's like some stupid shit where we were just so inoculated by what was going on. And, um, we'd been listening to a lot of electronic music. My, a friend of mine is, is like, he was old for our grade. So yeah, he had his, license before any of us or like his permit so he would drive around in his mom's yukon which had like (laughs) the like upgraded like bose like sound system in it so all the like excision and like datsic and um which datsic's 
frowned upon now. I don't know if you know about that. Uh-uh. He's just crazy, like sexual oh. allegations stuff. But at the time, he was really sick. Yeah, and that was the show we were at. Um, <laughs> at the time, yeah. So it was like that's it, Getter, the Frim, X Core, Terra Vita, um, crazy lineup for the time. Um, and it was this Vortex tour. So he DJed like inside of this huge like cone shape of um, like projector wall, mm-hmm. like whatever that material is that you like shine light okay. on or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they had a projector that, so it was like basically a spinning like portal kind of shit around him. And that oh, was that's like cool. for a show. And um, some of these bigger bass shows, especially at that time, they would market, like they would have a traveling sound system with the tour. So it'd be like 50,000 watts of PK sound. Like yeah. it would say that on the flyer. And um, we were front row and I just, I had never felt like it was just the craziest shit. Like my fucking organs were shaking and I was like <laughs> just looking around at all these people just going crazy. And I remember when the openers were on, like I vividly remember looking at them and being like, I can do that. Like, yeah. Like I was just, I was watching what he was doing with his hands. Cause we weren't like drinking or this was well before, like we were really into like the whole like partying shit. Like we'd have a beer every now and then and think we were fucking cool, but we were just there stone cold sober, just there for the music and mm-hmm. got sweaty and left and felt fucking awesome. And, um, I just remember looking up there at that opener and I was like, dude, like, doesn't look like what he's doing is that hard. And I feel like I felt like I understood what he was doing while I was watching it, even though I right. really didn't, but it was enough to pique my interest in it. And, um, the following Christmas I asked for a, um, MacBook and I got one and got virtual DJ, which is like a free DJ software and started fucking DJing with my mouse like dragging faders over and like just sitting there and like <laughs> on the laptop speakers like I didn't even have speakers or anything to play it out of um and it just kind of spiraled from there yeah. so yeah I mean I, I'd say like I got my first little controller when I was like 15 probably somewhere around there 15 16 right um got some cheap little speakers and and just started Nonstop trying to figure out just how to mix. Like it was purely DJing. I thought that all I had to do was figure out how to DJ and then I could play fucking ultra the next year. You right. know what I mean? Like that was just the young kid in me that was like Ambitious. This sounds sick. Right. I should be on a fucking main stage already. <laughs> like Um So yeah, I, I I knew that the people that I look up to were making music too, mm-hmm. but I was just so infatuated with just transitions and like i'd watch a live set and like just like every little detail try to like hone in on what was going on at like yeah. like a diplo and skrillex set and like um almost more so than like listening to the music you're like okay how did he do this like yeah like, watching the crowd just like like, like getting goosebumps the whole time yeah. just like trying to like immerse myself in what the mm-hmm. fuck they were doing because it was so cool to me um yeah, and I mean, I mean, it feels like a blur from there, but I just slowly got better and better at DJing. Yeah. Um, started opening for, same thing, where I just hit up people cold turkey. Um, was like, yo, 
I'll play anything. Like just hit me up. Um, even if I don't know who the person is that I'm opening up for, like hit me up. I'll do it for free. I'll sell tickets, whatever. So I did the whole like eat shit and sell 20 tickets and you can play at fucking 9 PM kind of thing. Right. Um, which sucks, but, um, and I wouldn't recommend that to anybody, but it was still valuable for me to just see that there's people, it's like I was talking about earlier with the comedy shit where it's like, there's people who do it right and there's people who don't. And that was a good window into how that feels like that Mm -hmm. transactional, like it's like, it's like someone telling you, like if you sell, if you hit up 25 of your friends and get them to go to the show and they don't know who the fuck is playing and you're, it's going to be so sick and da, 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 you're doing everything you can to get them there. And then you can walk around with a camera and just like have your flash on for like 30 yeah. minutes. You know what I mean? It's like you love that you're in there and doing it and just out with your friends, but it's just such a fucked up position to put people in, especially like kids who are just aspiring right. to like get better at it. Yeah. Cause it's such a transactional, like non-meaningful way to throw somebody into the fire. Um, you know, they turn the music way down at 9 PM. They say, you can't play this. You can't play this. So I was still just so stoked at the time to even like be on a stage and right. played a bunch of shit at kingdom here, which is no longer around. But, um, it was just my first taste at like being in a booth, right? Seeing what that felt like having people dance, um, and yeah, it's just kind of off and on with that and never really fucked around with making music until really only like two years ago. Really? Yeah. It was just DJing, DJing, DJing and, and, um, yeah, it was just kind of my bread and butter. And like I said, the, the egotistical part of me being a 17, 18, 19 year old kid was just like, all I have to do is DJ. Right. I don't want to have to learn how to make music. Like it's such a, such a crazy learning curve trying to figure it out. Um, so yeah, I just, I thought I could ride that out. And then, um, was in that fucking office one day selling houses and was like, Dude, yeah, I'm 21 years old at the time. I was stressed out. I didn't have much free time. You have to mm-hmm. work the weekends when you're doing real estate right. shit. And, um, I was just like, dude, I know that I want to fucking do this. And if I don't commit, you know, 21 to 30 to 28, 29, somewhere in there, if I don't commit these years of my life to going after what I really want to do, then I know for a fucking fact that I'm going to regret it. So it's like, yeah. And I couldn't, I couldn't face that thought on a daily basis mm-hmm. and be cool with it. Once yeah. I had realized that it, once I had made that realization in my head, like how young I was, like it felt good at first to be that young hustler. Like I said, with just going after shit in a corporate environment. But like I said, I just knew I'd fucking regret that shit if I didn't yeah. get into. No, nah, man, I, I, I totally I feel to that. Yeah. I feel, I, whenever you were talking about how you went to your first show and you're like, dude, I can do, I, I feel that similar way whenever I'm at these events and, I told my brother, I told Daniel, I was like, dude, I'm recording these people, but I'm like almost envious that I'm not the one that's being recorded. Like not in terms of like, I want the spotlight on me, but it's like, I I know I can do that. And so I'm like, 
why am I not doing it? Yeah, you know? yeah. So, and I think it's like it's playing to your strengths, right? It's like it's like I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing for either of us to admit that like we feel like we can be in that position. Yeah, you know what I mean, of of like that motherfucker can can do it. Like, there's no reason I can't. You exactly. know what I mean? And it's like they're not a magician. Like, you know what I mean? It's it's, it's like right. not it's not rocket science. Like, they just decided that this is what they wanted to do. They put X amount of time into right. it. Right, and they have that passion. Sure, there's just, there's talent and all that shit that gets into it, but like, you wouldn't be interested in in it in the first place if you didn't feel like you had something to bring to the table. Yeah. So it's like, I don't know. I I felt guilty about that at times, where it's like, especially now because I'm still in a spot where there's a lot of really good things happening for me behind the scenes with music as mm-hmm. far as like the next couple of years go just setting myself up with a solid foundation to like grow um and i've like the last year has been a really legitimate like run it at um making me feel like the decision i made was like justified and the right one yeah it's just getting that like i always forget the fucking word but like um I can't think of the word. Just getting the feeling of like, oh, these people are accepting me into this circle and, you know, I look up to them and there's a circle above them, a circle above them. And like after a while, all those lines and like levels that you think about when you're first starting out kind of blend together and Mm -hmm. like you start to realize that there's no difference. It's just a matter of like how much time and shit that you put into it. And yeah. Um, how you treat people and shit like that. So it's just, it's been a really sick year and um, I don't remember the point I was trying to make in the beginning, but yeah, my, my, my whole thing is like, I knew I could do it. I'm doing my best to set up my trajectory to get there. Yeah. And I think I'm on the right path, but um, seems like it. Yeah. There's just so many more hours to put in. You yeah. Know, like hours. It's, an, it's a lot of hours to get that 10,000 hour. Yeah. Right? And it's like, it's fucked up because like you know you can do it you know what i mean right you know it's it's like that kid in you that's like no like i don't have to do all that like i'm already there you know what i mean like right it's so hard to fight off that kind of like subconscious feeling of like yeah i love this shit and yeah i want to do it all the time but there's also like if you don't push past those feelings of like where you're tired and you want to tap out and like when it stops being convenient Mm. you know to just enjoy yourself with work when it doesn't feel like when it does become work is what i'm trying to get to like if you're not able to push it through then then you know you're not really legitimizing like your your ladder to where you're trying to go right that makes sense. or that passion right that yeah yeah the passion for wherever final destination you're trying to get to yeah it's just it's just crazy because like you can love this shit so much like you with the photo shit or whatever and me with the music shit and all that and like you can love it so much but like maybe 50 percent of the time that you spend doing it you're having a good time yeah you know what i mean right and like I think that's more true than a lot of people like to admit. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and maybe there are some people, you know, I don't know how you feel about this, but like staring at a screen and trying to write melodies and trying to make sounds and like there's so much like trial and error in this shit that it takes so much time to learn and building your own sound and music. It, it, you don't learn it from like you get started watching YouTube videos and shit, but like learning your style and I'm sure there's a lot of similarities with this and like mm-hmm. photo video shit, but learning your style and like what's going to be your sauce. Like you only get that done by trial and error. Yeah. 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 But dude, I really like, so a lot of people that I talk to, like a lot of my friends, I would say aren't in the creative field. Um, in like photo, video, comedy, music, literally artwork, whatever else. It's like, it's almost like the same under the art umbrella, right? Because it's all art, I feel like. Right, right, yeah. So, like, a lot of my friends, it's hard to, like, you can't really talk to them about this stuff or, like... Yeah, the the isolation is real. Like, yeah. it really is. I mean, like, I struggle with that a lot because a lot of the friends that I came up with that I'm still close with now, um, they're consumers of music, you know, but they don't think about it beyond that. And there's no, and I don't, I don't blame them. Like you always want people to support you and, you know, they always do. Like my friends have always been at my shows and, you know, 80% of the time they've been there supporting me and listening to my music and shit. But like, um, it's just hard to relate, you know, if people aren't right on the same wavelength with you about whatever it is that you're into and that you truly care about, like mm-hmm. all the bullshit aside, like just talking shop aside, like it's hard to feel like you have a, um, that social like aspect of it, you know, cause right. that's huge. And like, for me, like, um, I remember when I first got into discord, like, I don't know if you do you fuck around with discord at all. Mm-hmm. It's just like a, think about it like Xbox Live, but on your PC, like it's just like a chat. Like it's the most popular way to like be on calls with people like while you're gaming or like while you're working on music or there's whole communities with like that bigger artists will have and a lot of aspiring artists will be in there and, and just try to soak up knowledge and it gives them direct access to, you know, these guys and it helps build the bigger artist brands because they have this whole community of people that are engaged and shit. But, mm-hmm. um, when I first got into that, it opened up my whole world with just like cold DMing artists that I was into that weren't huge yet, but I really liked their music and felt like I had something to learn from them. I'd hit them up and be like, yo, you know, would love to just stay in touch. Um, send you some shit that I have, like, Feel free to tell me it's fucking trash, but I right. just want to, I'm trying to just meet people. Just give me something. Yeah. And, um, it's kind of snowballed from there. Like I attribute a lot of the <laughs> like network of people that I know in music now to getting online and getting in those chat rooms with people and, um, just making new friends, but virtually, you know, these people are. I have friends in Belgium and, and the Netherlands cool. and Canada. And it's like, you know, I've never met these people, but I talk to them just like I would, you know, somebody that I've been hanging out with since I was 10 years old, you know? Right. So it's like, that's pretty dope. Yeah. It's really sick. And, um, 
it's still weird though because it's like I've I've always had like this kind of like pipe dream of being in like a fucking TikTok house, but for like what Musicians. I want to do, right? You yeah. know, but like I know that there's positives and negatives of that whole situation, but right. I feel like kind of I romanticize that thought in my head of like being physically around people who are doing nothing but what I'm doing all the time. Right. And just feeding off that energy. Right. And like you get that when you go to shows and stuff. And I'm sure you have the same thing where it's like you feel energized after you yeah. leave like a gig like that. You're like just talking to people or maybe you're just even going to a show and just seeing other people shoot stuff. And, or if you go to ACL and seeing their, you know, crew of people that are putting together the production for that, like, mm -hmm you leave there saying like, wow, like there's a reminder. Like I knew that's what I wanted to do, but it's just another kick in the ass that like motivation. Yeah. yeah. It, just, it just feels good to be around that. Yeah, it does. And, um, you know, I've, I've, I've met, there's a lot of people that do music here in mm -hmm. Austin that I'm close with and there's a lot of great people here, but, um, yeah, just, I mean, you have a ton of people that, you call friends and that you are close with, um, but work is a whole nother like aspect of that yeah. relationship, you know? So it's like, I can go to the club and have a few beers with everybody and just vibe out and have a great time, hugs all around. Like it's a great night. It's great to see them, whatever. But like I'm when it's 3am and I'm in the studio and I'm banging my head on a desk, like I'm not going to hit those fools up. Yeah. You know no, what I mean? Exactly. No, I know hundred percent. So it's like, um, that's the gap in it right now for me is like, I still have some people that I can, like I have a huge network of people online I can hit up, but there's still that gap of like, I'm internet friends with these people. Right. And I really enjoy them as people and what they do and I love their music and I want to support them in every way they can. And, and they feel the same way with me, but, um, we're not around each other. Yeah. You know, it's like we're on it's different our... schedules or on the other side of the fucking world. Right. Like, it's just a weird dynamic to the whole like social picture. So, yeah. Um, that's something I'm still trying to develop every day. Cause like I said, the social thing is like such a big aspect of not going insane right while you're trying to get yeah shit done, exactly you know? and this i mean i don't know how much this has affected you but the whole covid thing has been a huge part in that too it's like you almost can't now you know like yeah it's and, only like multiplied that feeling yeah. of feeling isolated and yeah, what you're trying to do exactly the i'm sure that that gets a little easier with like with of course time but like the more the bigger you get in your your world uh, the more people will want to be around you, right. you know? So it's like, you're, you're longing for that with others, but like people who are below you are longing for that with, you know? So it's like, right. There's levels to it. Levels. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I, uh, it was going to be a great year for me. I mean, it mm. still was a great year, but like I got booked for a uh, freaky deaky, which was supposed to be you told me Halloween. That. Yeah. And, and that was my first, I got, I was billed as a headliner um, and I'm, I'm not by any means a headliner, like slot wise, time slot wise. Like I'm, I was going to play at like fucking three in the afternoon. Right. But just the fact that I had at least taken a couple steps in the right direction for myself to 
put myself in that picture. Yeah, that's huge. And not a regional act because that's a big thing. There's a lot of great artists that um, just kind of repetitively play these regional support right. acts on big festivals. And it's usually a different stage. Yeah. Or it's the first slot of the day. I was going to play like the second or third. It's not a huge difference, but... Um, to the average person. Right, but as the artist it makes a big difference mentally when yeah. someone's respecting you as an independent artist instead of just a regional DJ. Who, yeah. And it's no knock on any of those people cause they're all killing it. But, um, a big part, you know, I put so much time into this stuff and I put so much time into the music and my sets. And like, if, like if I have a booking, I'm spending like two weeks putting together my set just for that hour that I'm on stage. Yeah. Cause I want it to be perfect. Like, and, um, like I'm not the kind of dude who's going to pull up and just like throw my Wing USB it. in and just, yeah, it's just not how it rolls. Yeah. Cause I, cause I care about what's coming out of the fucking speakers. Yeah. You know, like I want that whole hour to just be an experience for whoever is on the other side of the speakers. And right. And it seems so cliche to say, but it's like, I don't want there to ever be a dull moment or like, like when I'm at shows, you know, there's sometimes when people are playing, you're like looking around like, okay, like when's the next person come the out? songs. Yeah. The song's been playing for a little too long or, um, right. It's obviously not working like shit like that. Um, so yeah, that booking was just a big deal for me. Cause it was like, this is freaky deaky. This is a massive disco Donnie festival. Dead Mouse, um, I mean Zomboy, like massive, right. massive artists um, who've been doing this shit for a long time. And that's that's huge because that's how people get discovered. Like that's how you you get discovered by a wider. Those right. people's crowds are going to be there waiting for them, and they're going to hear you, and they're going to be like, "Oh shit, this guy's right. yeah, this guy's the real deal." And then that's how you that's how you grow. Yeah, that's, that's speaking on like the you know listening in on podcasts and like learning like. A lot of these guys say that you it's so easy, especially in the comedy world, to just be a local act, right? And you're like, okay, I know Austin, I know Texas. I'm going to use these jokes in Austin around Texas and just kill because I live here. I know it. Right. Like, it's comfortable. It's comfortable. And like, that's if you don't go to Oklahoma to do comedy, then you're going to, you're never going to grow. You're never right. going to get bigger. If that's your goal, like, growth should be the goal. And like, being the best version of yourself, like, you know, that's literally the most stereotypical cliche thing I could yeah, have yeah, said, yeah. but being like the ultimate. It's true though. Ber yeah. The ultimate version of yourself is who you want to be. And you can't do that if you don't grow and like yeah. get out of your comfort zone. And so that's, that's respect dude. That's awesome. That's, that was a huge thing though. And it's, I'm sure it'll happen again, but that's. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm optimistic. Like I've always, yeah. I've been optimistic all year that, you know, this year and, the years following will only be better. I mean, that's the goal. That's what I'm striving for. But um, that was the biggest thing for me where it was like, I knew that a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff could potentially snowball off of that booking. Right. And um, like, I'm the type of dude where like, I do this shit because I want to be on the road. Like, yeah, that's my dream. Like, my girl and I have talked about it. Like I want to go eat shit at on, on a tour bus and mm. like be sleeping on one of those bunks and getting paid $150 a night for 40 dates yeah. in 60 days. Like that's, 
I, I want nothing more right now than to make that happen. And that's the goal. Um, that's just how much I love being a part of the show side of this. So I love being in the studio and making music, but like the touring part is what I'm most excited about. Um, it's where the most money is Mm -hmm. in this, um, which happens to work out when it's the coolest thing to be a part of. Yeah. Just like being at a festival is such a like, it's such an energizing thing. Like, you know, I was almost more excited about that booking just to be able to mingle with people backstage than I was to play the set. Yeah. Um, Because it's that legitimacy, right? Like if I'm billed as a headliner, then I have that extra little step of leverage to be like, I can introduce myself to anybody I want to here. Yeah. You know what I mean? As a headliner. Right. You don't say, hey, I'm the opener. Like, what's up, guys? Right. Yeah. And it's like, and like, keep in mind, like, it's it's a very, there's a very, very long, you know, staircase to climb to get to where these people that I'm trying to meet are at. Right. But it puts me in the same room, quote unquote, mm-hmm. as them, you know, and like, that's the biggest part. Um, and some of my most meaningful relationships with artists that I've always looked up to now um, have started that way. Yeah. Just mingling, just having a few beers, bullshitting with people, just letting people know that you're a real person and that you're yeah. not a fucking weirdo. That's and important. That you've yeah. been in this shit long enough to know that acting like a weirdo and like spazzing out isn't what's right. going to that's just aid your journey at all and mm-hmm. i don't know just it's the weirdest thing is like people who are in like the positions that we would like to be in eventually like people people dehumanize them not in terms of like you know like it's just they don't see them like they almost feel as if they're on a different platform which is like not the case right. i've met some pretty cool people like even in the comedy world i've met you know a lot of cool people just going to shows and waiting after to see him and right they're like hey yeah what's up guys i'm just about to go to the bar or whatever, you know? Yeah. It's like, they're, they're literally just people and it's the craziest thing. It's that, a great reminder that there's like no barriers right. with this shit. You know, it's like, yeah, that that's what I'm saying is like the energy that I leave with mm-hmm. after just having those human interactions with people that I've fanboyed over for so long. Right. It's like such a great feeling and it only makes me want to get back in the studio and like just, run that fucking tank all the way to E of, yeah. of of energy that I built up from that booking. So that's why I want to get on the road. That's why I want to tour. I want to meet people. Like, I feel like that's just going to be, it, it's such an exhausting experience doing that. Like a lot of regularly touring DJs um, struggle with that, but they've been on the road for so long that mm-hmm. it takes so much out of them. They feel like they lose like sight of just being a fucking regular human when you're on planes right. all the time. And, of course, it's like first world problems, but right. I mean, really, when that's your reality and you're playing shows, you know, 200 days out of the year, like that shit takes a lot out of you. Yeah. But at least right now, before I've experienced that, that's what you seems want. like the most enticing thing that's, that I could possibly here. get into. Same here. I totally, I totally agree with that. Yeah. That's how, how did you, how did you get, first of all, prosecute, right? Yeah. How? Why? Um, sounded cool yeah it took me a while to think of a name i went for c-mac for a long time just as a dj c-m-a-c just it was a stupid 
my name's Campbell, so it was a play on C-Mac with my last name, McKim. So um, everybody in Austin knew me as C-Mac when I was doing hip-hop shit and DJing here and there. And, like, when I played all those frat shows, I would be on the flyer as C-Mac. It was, C-Mac. Yeah, it was never, like, a... Um, I didn't like think of the name when I was like mm. 13 and I was like, I'm going to be fucking prosecute one day. Yeah. No, I mean just for the kind of music I make, it's generally like pretty heavy and like violent. That shit is wild, bro. So like I was listening to it before we got on the show. Yeah. I, I mean, listen to it when I work out too. Dude. <laughs> really? Yeah. No joke. That's I, sick. It hypes me up. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like primal. Yeah, it is. Um, there's just, there's like a, I just, I try to chant, like, I have a, this total tangent, but, um, last few years, my anxiety has been, like, really fucking terrible, like, yeah, I think it's, like, a hereditary thing with my mom, she's kind of, like, a panic freak, and, like, I've been to the hospital a bunch of times when I've had panic attacks, thinking I'm fucking dying and shit, which is why I don't smoke weed anymore, (laughs) um, (laughs) but, uh, yeah, like, all I'm trying to say is like a lot of that is channeled into like the aggression that I try to put into the music because yeah. it's, it's kind of like a metal kind of like outlet type of thing where, um, you know, there's times and places where I'll might throw in some nice melodies and like, there's definitely like fun parts of my set. Like I try to, I don't play the same song for too long. Can't be I all metal, right? Yeah. Quickly. Yeah, exactly. I don't want to fucking break people's eardrums, yeah. even though I do, but <laughs> um, I want to, I don't know. I just want to, I want people to have a great time yeah. and, and I'll throw in a lot of like hip hop and, and, um, just like stupid, like joke songs, like what is love and like just stupid shit like that. And then like, it's coupled with some, some like cool. mosh pit fucking yeah. dubstep. So that's, that's exactly what people like, bro. That's yeah. Like- I just, I try to keep it interesting and, and like more importantly, like I have to be interested in what I'm playing. Like, Right. I don't want to just be twiddling my thumbs on stage and like, cause like I could play, it's a big piece, a big reason right now why I, I like my sets aren't completely, um, my music right. because I feel like even though that's a huge goal that I have one day is to have enough music to be able to full set. Yeah. I, I, I want to do that. Like I want people to be like, like a, a, a huge influence for me is sudden death. Who's, um, just one of the killers in the scene right now. And, and, um, his whole camp has been really helpful to me and, and kind of just like pat me on the ass and being like, Hey, you know, you're doing the right shit. Just keep at it. Like stick with it. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool, man. Um, but like, for example, him, like half of his set is songs that aren't out yet. So like when you go to a sudden death show, like it's an experience, like it's, it's not going to be like hip hop or whatever playing. It's not like a, it's all within his lane of dubstep, which is like violent, like heavy shit. But just the fact that so much of it you've never heard before in your life That's and dope. you're hearing it in a live setting. Like there's a lot of shit that he keeps just for live shows, shit that'll never come out. Mm. Um, See, that's, that's, that's a huge goal. Cool stuff. Yeah. Cause it's like, it makes it special when he plays sets, you know, like when he comes to town, like people go there because it's like, can't get it anywhere else they love his music outside of it yeah but like just being able to hear and and there's a whole like id culture of like 
you know, fans will name songs yes. just because they think they know. It's the same thing with like Cardi leaks and shit where like yeah. people latch on to one snippet that they've heard, whether yeah. it's live or whatever. And then they make a whole like culture out of like trying to yeah, I don't like that. figure like, out what shit is. That's like, I guess it's different for like singers, but like I, I hate it. Like I, have you ever been to a concert? I'm sure you have. And the crowd starts singing the song. That makes me mad, bro, because I'm like, I'm here to hear them sing, not right. you guys. Like, I know you're fans, but... I think there's a time and a place. Yes. Like, if, yes. if it's like... um, Like, in dubstep, it works out pretty well, because, like, the pre-drop vocals, like, Excision is, is one of... He's the fucking king of dubstep. Like, yeah. he's he throws the biggest shows, like, sells out the Tacoma Dome, Jeez. like, in a day. Like, it's a very... um. It's a huge like he's the pinnacle of dubstep and dubstep burning right now. Um, a lot of his songs, like the pre-drops, just those four or five words that whatever the fuck song, whatever the song saying before the drop hits. Oh like, my god! Yeah, yeah, exactly. If if everyone's yelling that right. at the same time, that's and cool. then it all culminates together, like that's a really special thing. That that makes that experience. Yeah, that's right. Pretty dope. But um, I don't know. Yeah, I feel like there's time and a place. Like yeah. there's certain. I know what you. I know what you. Yeah, mean. like some, sometimes it's like there's some shit in in. I don't know if you have ever been to a, like see like a house DJ play and people have these yeah. fucking fans <laughs> at festivals that they because like everyone's fanning themselves off and shit if it's outside, right. but they'll snap their fucking fans like to the, to beat. the beat and it's like it's such a high pitched like snapping sound that it like you Echoes. hear it above the fucking oh yeah I don't like that hundred thousand dollar speaker setup because it's just like it's like ten feet away from you. it's like. It's like yeah. the most annoying fucking thing I, on the planet. I went to uh, I went to an Ed Sheeran concert a long time ago, but it was like when he was up and coming. So it was like a lot. Of I people, could see how that environment would be annoying if people were singing it. It's like yeah, because like, like he's such an amazing vocalist, exactly. And you go there to watch him. You go there. You to go there to just be in awe, exactly, and just like and it, go somewhere in your head. But every, you you got fucking fourteen year old girls that are like screaming. And yeah, like, yeah, that's annoying. I, I can totally see that. that. I, I feel like if I got to see like Drake or somebody too, it'd be the same shit. Yeah, where like maybe there's some moments where it's good, but like I would love to see Drake just sit on a fucking stool with like a vintage mic and just like just be him. Yeah, just do his thing. Right, and just like, like sing it out and then just experience that. Mm -hmm. and like I don't know. I I could see what you what you mean. That's there. what's cool about comedy shows. It's like if you do that shit, then you're going to get thrown out. Right. It's like, first of all, you're going to, you're somebody, a spectator. If somebody hasn't heard it. You're, you're going to ruin it. And nobody wants to hear you do the joke because it's like, it's, you're in the audience. You're a spectator. Just like you said. Right. So, that's whack, man. I don't, I can't stand that. That's one really cool thing about comedy where it's like, um, the whole, like not no recording thing. And like, yeah, that that's a cool element of it where it makes seeing people special. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? There's not, like of course there's a, a million videos you can watch of material that's been posted online, but like that's, anything, there's no relevant touring comment comic right now. That's got any parts of their act up from the last exactly. like year and a half. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's just, it's always special when you go and see somebody. Right. Everything online is what they want you to see. Right. It's, and like, it's, it's the same similarity with like, I was talking about with sudden death where like, the shit that he's sitting on that he's made in the last three, four months is the shit that's going to excite people the most. And yeah. nobody knows what the fuck that is. That's cool. So it's like, yeah, that's, that's the crazy element of, of the live shows that I like to get to. But like I said, for the time being, until I have enough music to, to do that with my own shit, um, 
I like to kind of, my sets are kind of all over the place. That's good. Yeah. Though. Yeah. That's good because you're working with what you have and you know, you're in goal. And so, right. It's like, you have a goal in mind and you're just working towards it's just it. a gradual process. You know, the percentage slowly goes up of yeah. how many songs I can play on my sets that yeah. are mine and shit like that. So that's sick, bro. What, um, so prosecute, man, I'm going to go ahead and wrap this up. Cool. We've been going for a minute. Yeah, no, that's fine. Get, get lost in it, man. Yeah, yeah, Get lost in I it. I could do it all night. Um, where can people find you, man? Um, my Spotify is kind of lacking right now, but we're working on that. So mm. I, I'm going to shoot everybody over to my SoundCloud. Um, it's just prosecute music. Um, prosecute music everywhere. Prosecute music. Yeah, Twitter, Instagram. SoundCloud is mainly where all my traffic is right now. Um, I, I distribute my releases now. I haven't put anything out in a couple months, but um, yeah, we're working on playlist placements and stuff that'll kind of yeah. What do you What are you specifically working on? Like, what what aspect of your Spotify are you wanting? Um, just like I, I just have way more plays on my SoundCloud than I do on any other okay streaming platform. Yeah, and part of that makes sense because SoundCloud is such a big um, platform for this kind of music. Yeah. Spotify is getting up there now and a lot of people are starting to consume their like bass music through Spotify. Now you have a, you have a good amount of views on a lot of your songs or, or streams. I've, I was looking at it today and yeah, I, it's, it's cool. I mean, it's crazy. Cause like when you first start the project, you're like hundred plays. Well, it's crazy. Mm -hmm. But then like the more you get, the more you're accustomed to. Okay. So it's like, you're only there's there's always a north star you know what i mean just where like, it's like yeah a, that next ceiling of like oh i want to break 50k 100k you know right 500,000 plays and it's sick because i mean it, it's it's something to go after but yeah yeah I, I feel i've been super grateful and and thankful for um shit working out the way it has so far and it only motivate you know every time i scroll and see that anybody's enjoying my shit on twitter or instagram or soundcloud comments and just reposting my shit that's like yeah nothing but fuel dude you know? it's i love it bro it's freaking gets me hyped i used to do <laughs> i used to do crossfit back in high school and we would listen to like dubstep and and all sorts of electronic music and like i kind of got used to it because i wasn't that's not really my kind of music but when i work out it just brings me to a different level yeah, yeah, yeah. so if you hear you and here man you know what it is you know next time um we gotta have like a whole health thing okay yeah yeah yeah. For fitness sure. yeah dude I meditation the cold plunge yeah you saw me in the fucking yeah. cold water the other day i felt like a psychopath dude the people out, uh, <laughs> the neighbors cross street were like had their dog trainer over yeah and uh i'm just like in my fucking swimmies like <laughs> getting in my 150 gallon tub out front but yeah um yeah we'll, we'll have you on again yeah we'll save it for, for next time yeah bro well i appreciate you coming on bro. absolutely man good to talk to you man cool